Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Would you like to heal the hurt, anger, and resentment and save your marriage? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. As a relationship and self-confidence coach, this is where I find people. People come to me. It's, they're filled with anger, hurt, and resentment. The marriage is, or relationship is just about to end. Usually one person is like, look, I want to fight for this. And so I want to give you five simple solutions to turn that relationship, that marriage around, so you don't have to head to divorce. Um, the first thing to recognize is don't give up hope. It's been my experience that when one person in the relationship decides to you know, change and, and address things in the relationship, over 80% of the time, the relationships flourish. They get back together and repair everything. It, that's all it takes because what happens when you have, the, you know, if there's been a built up of hurt, anger, and resentment, what you have is a dance that's formed and both sides are stuck in it. So if one person takes themselves out of their, that dance, and I'm going to give you five tips so you can take yourself out of that dance, it forces the other one to do something different. And many times what it forces them to do is to do the work to heal the resentment, the anger, the problems in the relationship. So don't lose heart. Over 80% of the people will come back together and flourish if one person makes the choice to work on their side of the street. So if you're watching this, be that one person. All right. The first tip is an old tip from Al-Anon. It's called the three gets. Get off their back, get out of their way, and get on with your own life. Now, what that means is when we're filled with hurt, anger, and resentment, we are on their back, all right? Internally, externally, we're nagging. We're, we're just constantly complaining and upset about things, all right? And so the first get is get off their back. Just stop. Like stop the complaining, stop the condemnation, stop with the anger, stop with the resentment, stop with the sarcastic comments, the passive aggressiveness, all the little things we do, sometimes the silent treatment, depending on how you get on somebody's back. Um, but stop that piece. The second get, get off, um, get off, get out of their way. What that means is when we're filled with this, we're paying attention to everything they're doing. We're watching. Jeez, there they go. They did it again, right? really judging everything they, you know, with their thoughts, their feelings, their actions, and how they go about things or don't go about things. So, you know, how they didn't get this done. 
will get out of their way. And the way to do that is get on with your own life. And I'm going to give you tips here. Part of these tips are how to do that. So when, when we're filled, when we're in that dance, we've kind of lost our way. We're no longer really taking care of ourselves. We're so hyper-focused on what they're doing or not doing that we've lost sight of how to get on with our own life. And that a real solid, solid marriage or relationship is when two people interdependently pursue their own needs and wants and then share in a space where they come together, what's called interdependence, where they depend on each other from a, a place of where it meets both their needs, but they're not expecting the other one to fill that need for them. When we're filled with that anger and resentment, we've kind of lost sight of that. Now we're over here in our corners and we're going, you need to change, you need to change, I need you to fill this need, all right? Um, so that's what, what we have to do is get on with our own life. And how do we do that? Well, the first thing is self-care. Many of us in a relationship, a marriage, we lose ourselves and we stop doing all the, like I said, those interdependent things, those things that bring us joy, whatever they may be, all right, whether it's going out with friends, whether it's a certain hobby, um, we stop pursuing what brings us joy separate from our partner. And if there's discord in the relationship, it's even more key that we stop looking to them. Remember, get off their back and get out of their way. We stop looking for them to be the solution. So we look in the relationship and we find what are our complaints? What are the needs we're not getting met? All right. And we go meet those on our own. It now becomes our responsibility. We get off their back. We get out of their way and we take ownership. I'm gonna go meet this need myself. Maybe, I know in my first marriage, I wish I had known this stuff, but I had a real need to go out. I liked to go to dinner. I just liked to be out the energy and stuff. And had I known this, I would have taken ownership and said, hey, I'm making plans for Friday night. I'm going out to dinner, something I really wanna do. I'd love it if you join me. And if she didn't, fine, I'd go anyway. I, you know, that's the type of person I am now. I go meet my own needs, you know. Um, it's my responsibility. I don't, I don't have to give myself away for them. That's not kind and loving because what would happen? And this is what happened to me. I'd sit there on the couch because she watched a lot of TV and the whole night I was on her back and in her way going, this is so stupid. Like I just stewed. I didn't know that I could meet my own needs. No one taught me this. So think through your relationship. Where are you not meeting your self-care and expecting them to do it? Start putting a plan in place in that for the, you know, the first week, really focus on getting off their back, getting out of their way and getting on with your own life. And the way to get on your own on in your own life is to start addressing your self-care needs. Make a list of those things that bring you joy and start pursuing them. That will create a big shift inside of you. Now also think of it, your partner's gonna be going, this is a change, remember what I said, 80%. When you take yourself out of that dance, things change for the better, all right? So that's step number two. Step number three is start saying no. This is in every single relationship I've ever worked with, the single greatest problem is the inability to say no. And, and that's a, a cultural thing. We've all been raised that 
you know, what I call the Kardashian model of relationships. You just say yes to everything. You always have their back. And that's just not true. It's massive codependence. It's unloving. It builds resentment. It builds anger. Um, I mean, you know, I use this as a silly example, but it's true. If we're always supposed to support our partner and always supposed to have their back and always supposed to be there for them, as the, you know, most people in this, you know, relationship advice, you, you've got to support your partner. Well, what if your partner came home and said, you know, I've been working on my self-care and I've realized that, um, you know, what would bring me a lot, jo a lot of joy is if I started killing people. So I just wanted you to know that um, every Thursday night, I'm going to go out and kill somebody. And I'd really love your support. And, you know, since we're married and in this relationship and I know you love me, I know I have your support because you've got my back. Now, I know that's absurd, but think about it. It's not that crazy. That's what happens in a relationship. We expect people to just constantly support us and never say no to us. Well, that's part of why we're feeling all this hurt, anger, and resentment. So in week um, number three, focus on saying no. And the way to do that is make a list. What are your needs and wants? What are your morals and values? So I know for me, if somebody came home and said, I'm going to go start killing people, I'd say, you know, that doesn't fit my morals and values or my needs and wants. I'm not going to participate in that. But think through it. Are there aspects in your relationship you're saying yes to that you really need to say no to? And they're a big part of the discord in the relationship because then you stuff the anger and resentment and then you take it out on them or you eventually, you know, throw it back in their face how you did something for them and they're not doing it for you. So make a list of those things and start saying no. And here's the key going forward. When your partner asks you if you want to do something, you need to satisfy a couple of questions first. Think through, will I ever resent them if I do this? If you think you might, you need to say no. Will I ever throw it back in their face if I do this? Say, I did this and you won't do that for me. If you're saying that at all in your relationship, that either person is saying, I do A, B, C, and D, and this person won't do X, Y, and Z for me, that means one or both of you said yes to something you wanted to say no to because you're throwing it back in their face. You didn't do it lovingly. You did it as a bartering tool to get what you wanted. So if you think you'll throw it back in their face, make sure you say no. And if you think you'll keep count, those three things, if you can't satisfy those, then you must say no. That's kind. That's loving. That will make a huge shift in your relationship inside yourself because you'll be filled with less anger, hurt, and resentment, and they will as well. All right. So that's step number three. Now, step number four is, and it's later on, it's week four, because as you work on self-care and you start saying no, <clears throat> you're going to feel much better about yourself and you're going to feel much more kind about you and much more kind about them. And so this is time to make amends. In every relationship dynamic, both people are perfectly imperfect. Both people have made mistakes. No one person is the sole responsibility for any problems in a relationship. I don't care what's happened. And here's why. Because I can hear people going, wait a minute. I haven't done with that. I didn't cheat. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. They're the problem. Well, let me lovingly ask you to 
consider something. The reason it's always 50-50 is we were attracted to this person. We chose them out of the millions and billions of men and women on this planet. We chose this person. That means there was something in us that was attracted to this type of person. And I know people will say, well, I didn't know they cheat. I didn't know. And, and I understand that. You didn't know. I would agree with that. But because of the way attraction works, we are drawn to people that are parts of ourselves we haven't reconciled. And we are responsible for that. And so until we heal that inside ourselves, we will continually be drawn. You know, you all have the, we all have those friends who keep dating the same type of guy or same type of woman or marrying, or they go the opposite way, but it's always the same result. Well, that's because they're pieces inside themselves that they haven't reconciled and healed. And so really a relationship is a teacher. They're there to show us those broken pieces of ourselves and like, for example, I'll, I'll prove it to you. My first wife was physically and verbally abusive. All right. Well, until I learned how all this works, I didn't realize, like, I'm not condoning my, my ex-wife's abuse, but my older brother used to, he was huge. He'd just hold me by my head and he'd pummel me. Well, that's what creates it. I never reconciled that powerlessness. I never healed from all of that pain and trauma in childhood. So I was attracted to somebody who would do the same thing. Because look, when you have an older brother who can hold you by your head and you can't get near him, you're completely frozen. Well, I picked a relationship. I mean, if you're a man and you've been hit by a woman, you're completely frozen. See, I relived it. And that's what we'll do. We will relive these dynamics until we go back and heal our side of the street. And so I had to own that. And so there are parts that you're playing in this relationship, parts from your past that, you know, if there was adultery or whatever it may be, there's a tie-in and we have to look at ourselves. And so the way to do that is to make a list. What are all the mistakes you've made? Where have you been? I mean, simple stuff, sarcastic, uh, rude, um, disinterested. Uh, what have you done? to, you know, look, we're human. We, I, nobody can be perfect in a relationship. And, but where, what do you need to take ownership of? And here's the key. Don't make an apology. We all hate apologies. Somebody comes up and says, oh, I'm sorry. And we instantly feel, I mean, apologies used to be wonderful, but they've changed. They're no longer what they were meant to be. We just say sorry for anything. I mean, you walk down the street and kick a, a pebble and, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, everyone's, oh, I'm sorry. And so an apology has lost its true meaning. And what instantly now there's this expectation of once I say I'm sorry, you have to let me off the hook and forgive me. That's usually when somebody tells us, I mean, think about it. When someone says, oh, I'm sorry, what do we instantly feel? Oh, God, now they want me to forgive them and no longer be upset with them. Well, that's why I never, when I work with couples, I, I never advocate saying I'm sorry. I advocate making an amends. And an amends is much different. You make a list of the, your perfect imperfections, all the things that you want to take ownership of. And then you put a plan in place to fix them. You take ownership of them. 
And so what happens is your partner watches, they observe your changes and that then they come to you and go, wow, I've really noticed you took it serious that this, this thing was upsetting me and you've really worked on it. That's how you build forgiveness. That's how you heal imperfection. So if you were, you know, maybe you have an addiction issue, maybe, you know, whether it's porn or sex, um, um, sex or, or, um, alcohol, drugs, pot, whatever it may be, make amends, go get help, start working a program to heal those, whatever it may be. If there's sarcasm or something, work a plan. Put a plan in place to start dealing with your perfect imperfections. Your partner will notice that. It'll make a huge shift in the anger and resentment and what comes. Remember, if we clean up our side of the street, see if we get off their back and get out of their way and stop focusing on how imperfect they've been towards us and we start owning how we've been imperfect towards them, they're going to be forced to treat us differently. We're, everything's different now. All right, things change very quickly when we do this. So that's week four. Now let's get into week five, all right? By this point, you should be feeling incredibly better. You're empowered, you're feeling safer because you're no longer expecting them to do everything. You're feeling a sense of freedom because you've put plans in place to deal with your imperfections. You're forget and when we do that, that's self-forgiveness. And when we can forgive ourselves, when we can accept that we were perfectly imperfect and we can forgive ourselves, we're a much more enjoyable person to be around. We're much happier. And so that makes room for tip number five. And on this one, it's, it's really pretty simple. Take each morning and find something you love or like about your partner. And as you get up in the morning, let them know it. I just love your eyes. I just love how good you are with the kids. I love how hard you work. I love how you make the bed. I love how you cook us dinner. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be something grandiose, but pick things about your partner and every morning say one kind and loving thing about them. Now, if you have kids, you want to talk about changing the whole dynamic in your house. And you want to talk about teaching your kids an incredible lesson in the, the chaos of the mornings, right? Getting ready for school or whatever it may be. You're upstairs, say, brushing your teeth and kind of walk to the edge of the bed. Wife or husband's downstairs working with the kids. Scream out what you love about them. I love how you take care of the kids. Imagine the impact on the household. Here's what's going to happen. It happens in every household. It happened in mine when I did it. All of a sudden, the kids start screaming out what they love and like about each other, what they love and like about mom and dad. It's, it, it completely changes the household. It doesn't take long. Okay? Now, the second thing is at night, ask your partner to share one feeling from their day. Whatever it is, just say, hey, what happened today? Can you just share something? I want to hear something about your day. Now, here's the key. No feedback. Nothing. You don't try and fix it. You don't try and change it. Just empathize. Just listen. Ask questions about it. So how did that make you feel? So what was it you liked about that? 
So what did you end up doing after that? Just ask about them. Don't give any, literally, no opinion, no feedback, nothing. Pure empathy, pure interest in their life. You do those five tips in five weeks. If your relationship is meant to be saved, it'll flourish right there. Okay? So remember, three gets of Al-Anon. Get off their back. Get out of their way. Get on with your own life. Two, self-care. Start taking care of yourself. Quit expecting them to do it. Number three, start saying no. Make a list. Let No is the most loving thing you can ever say to anyone. Number four, make amends. Put a plan in place. Own your side of the street. Number five, get vulnerable. Open up your heart. Take a risk. Share with this person that you care about. Now, if your relationship is in peril and this isn't enough and you know you need more guidance than this, please reach out. You can just send me an email. I love to hear from people, even if it's just questions. Send me questions. Uh, you can comment. I post these you know, all over social media. You can make comments underneath here. If it's something more personal, send me a private email. I'll be happy to answer your questions, whatever it may be. If it's gone further than that, you need to set an appointment. We can always do that as well. So give that a try. Those five things will turn your relationship around right away. Hope that helps you. Have a great day.